Hey y'all, welcome back to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And today I had the opportunity to speak with professional power lifter, Brittany Suplicki. Brittany is a national champion of the USAPL as of 2021. She has an awesome story just about how she grew up on a farm, already getting really strong, found sport of powerlifting, and we get into some details about what went into her prep to win nationals and what happened after that. So it's a great conversation, and we will dive into it right after I tell you guys about Girls Who Powerlift. Guys, if you want to look good in the gym, if you want to be wearing cute leggings, shirts that have awesome sayings about barbells on them, um, shirts that are with built-in sports bras and super cute and supportive, you gotta hop on girlswhopowerlift.com. They are constantly dropping awesome apparel. They are dropping merchandise for the platform. They have singlets, they have wrist wraps, they have deadlift socks. They have a new backpack even that's coming out where you can store all of your lifting equipment. If you want some good apparel, some good merchandise, use the link in the show notes to grab some girls who powerlift equipment and to support me. And along with that, y'all, 110% is the only pre-workout that I use. And I'm being honest with you. Like they have been around for two years. I've been using them for over a year. I use it every single day. They have my favorite flavors. They have awesome ingredients. They're constantly coming out with new supplements that are third-party tested, not going to get you um, into any issues if you get drug tested. And again, just the flavors are phenomenal. Like they're the strongest, most delicious flavors of any pre-workout I've ever tried in my life. They have protein powder, they have more. So if you want some awesome supplements that are third-party tested and safe to use in any federation, go ahead and use code Solana for your 110% supplements and save yourself 10%. All right, y'all. Let's dive into today's podcast. Bam. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited. I know. Me too. Thank you so much. Of course. I've honestly been waiting for like the right time. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm just going to reach out to her now. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like I'm kind of irrelevant at this point. I'm like, I haven't competed in like eight months. I don't even know who I am anymore. As a competitor, so I kind of cracked up when you reached out. I'm like, this is funny. <laughs> well, you're about to compete though, so I am. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it, but you are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks, right. girl. Two weeks. So I think That's... it's pretty relevant. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild to think about. I was so like up in the air about going to the Arnold up until maybe two weeks ago. So I'm like, oh, this snuck up quickly. <laughs> yep. You're like, oh, are we peaking? Is this? peak time what is that that what we're calling this oh okay let's do it (laughs) yeah oh my oh my god but I have so many things I want to talk to you about but I think the first thing is like you've been competing for five years this is why I checked four four well see in my mind 2022 so I guess it is four because as soon as I see 2022 I'm like oh yeah add an extra year yeah The only reason I know that I was just talking to my coach and we've, we've been together four years and I, that seems like a long time. So that's why I noted it. <laughs> Who is your coach? Uh, Carly Skopinski through mustache, fit, mustache fitness. There we go. Nice. I've never heard of mustache fitness. Really? Yeah. He owns a like barbell club type gym in Buffalo, um, New okay. York. So yeah. Beautiful. But like, mm. Once you guys started, you even started out pretty strong. Like, what made you get interested in even taking competing seriously? Um, so I was lifting clearly right for a long time before that. I started lifting when I got out of high school in 2010. Um, simply as like a way to to do something post sports, right? And I knew I wasn't going to like run for fitness. And uh, it's crazy to think about, but. I guess that's 12 years ago. And 12 years ago, I was, you know, one of the only women in the weight room, right? But it was about the time Instagram fitness started becoming a thing, I would say. So people like Dana Lynn Bailey and the likes were getting out there. So I was like, man, it'd be cool to look like that. 
So I started just training to get bigger. I was like a really small individual, um, mostly from under eating and, you know, starvation type things. Um, so I started thinking, man, it would be cool to gain some muscle. So I started eating and lifting and I already came from a relatively strong background. I worked on a horse farm growing up and just, you know, did labor like that for a long time. So I was already strong. So that came uh, pretty quickly. Anyway, fast forward, I had no idea what powerlifting was um, until probably a couple years before I decided to compete. And when it was brought to my attention, like, Hey, you're strong. You should do this thing. At the time I was like, mm, maybe, but you know, I'm in grad school and I'm working full time and I don't have any money and I don't have any time. So that has to wait. And then when I graduated grad school and I moved from New York to North Carolina, I was just working and I was like, man, there's a lot more time in the day when you're just working. So at that point I reached out to Carly and I was like, fine, I'll compete. Let's do it. So. Wait, so many things just happened. Where'd you <laughs> a farm? You're okay, a farm so- girl? Kind of. Yeah. So I grew up, I grew up in a lot of places throughout um, Western New York, but I rodeoed all through high school. So I started riding horses when I was probably 10. Uh, I'm a very type A competitive person. I have been since childhood. So I take things to very much extreme. So I started rodeoing and we traveled around the country competing in that. So the barn I rode out of was a 50 horse barn. So um, part of being in the horse world, especially in the rodeo world, is you do a lot of the work, right? We don't have people doing the work for us. We're doing the work. So I, you know, was stacking hay and I'm only five foot tall and I probably was, you know, a little bit shorter than that at that time. So I'm stacking hay way above my head and throwing 50 pound feed bags around and such at, you know, 12 to 18 years old. So yeah. Yo, and that's a huge farm. So that's a lot of land to cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of horses. It's a lot of mouths to feed, but it's super fun. Like, I don't know. I hope to go back to something like that eventually in life, like have some sort of farm. So like when you rode horses, like, okay, tell me, cause you know, I've seen people ride horses and I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, how, like literally explain to me how you control this horse. Like, I don't get it. That is hilarious. So um, there is um what you call like a bit that goes in their mouth and it's like you know a little piece of metal typically that would go in their mouth and that I would say is where you get kind of like your locus of control from but honestly um you know you start pretty small when the horse is young and just you know what you'd call breaking them and getting them used to a saddle and getting them used to a rider and uh different horses have different cues but you know the main control would be through there and just from like I would say like a mutual respect relationship, kind of similar to a dog, but it's a large dog. You know, the dog isn't going to listen to you if it doesn't respect you. And um, it's very similar with horses too. Okay. Can I ask? (laughs) Because that's such a stupid question. So I've been told, right. And I've seen on TV, whenever a horse is like slightly injured, they just kill it. Is that a real thing? No, no. Um, I think what that probably is coming from is like in thoroughbred horse racing. So Kentucky Derby type things. Um, the, the injury rate is a little bit higher and often it, it's a broken leg. And up until recently, they're really, it's very, very hard to heal a broken leg in a horse, right? Cause they weigh a thousand pounds, maybe a little bit more. And uh, you have to be still to weigh a broken leg or to heal a broken leg. So they would have to basically um, support the horse in, in a stall and it's in its environment and keep it still for, you know, a while to heal that broken leg. So, um, a lot of times if a horse was to break a leg, they would end up getting put down. Yeah. Okay. Thank but you. Many other that. injuries are very healable. <laughs> okay, like cool. Any injury you're out, but broken leg, I mean, that's a lot to manage in a thousand pound animal, um, with the stillness, but it, it is done. Like, have you like, did you ever no. experience your form? Okay. <laughs> I've never yeah. had a horse break a leg, uh, thankfully. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, thankfully. So you were used to, like, lifting heavy things all the time. Like, did you ever, like, when you were younger, like, just randomly do push-ups and pull-ups, like, while you were on the farm? <laughs> I don't recall ever doing that. No, I mean, I don't know that I ever thought I was strong. I guess I always knew I was a bit strong, right? And you know, I have a sister too, and we always play, we always played sports with the boys and stuff like that. So we were always up in there. Um, my sister 
uh, was known for beating everyone in arm wrestling when we were oh in God. like high school. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if she wants me to tell this story. But anyway, so all the guys would want to arm wrestle Molly, my sister. And so she was like known for that and like having a bicep and stuff like that. But we never lifted. We were just always stronger due to environment, I guess. And, you know, that. Well, that's perfect because that's like the perfect kind of thing to get you into any sport. Like you're already strong. Just get some skill and whatever and like you're good. Definitely, definitely. The only thing with sports is, you know, I'm only five foot tall and there's not many sports that allow five foot tall individuals to succeed at. So gymnastics and powerlifting, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was going to say, I think, didn't you recently post a picture of you from gymnastics? No, I never did gymnastics. I was like the antithesis to somebody that was like, I don't know, anything you perceive as girly or feminine as a child. I was like, ah, I ain't doing that. Uh, I'm much different now. Um, Maybe not much different, but some different. Okay. But still, you found powerlifting the perfect sport for short people. So. (laughs) Love it. Beautiful. Oh my God, I know. So then, woo. I already forgot. You said you moved from New York to where in North Carolina? I am in, um, I'm in Moorhead City, North Carolina. It's right on the coast. So I live in like a small coastal uh, tourist town, basically in North Carolina. Nice. Okay. So we went from raising these horses. We get into the sport of powerlifting. You start taking it seriously. You get your coach. Now as you're done with grad school, which you went to grad school for what, by the way? Uh, my master's is in strength and conditioning and human performance. Beautiful. So you like, did you go to school and wanting to become a coach? Uh, I went to school probably thinking I was going to work more in collegiate strength and conditioning or something in that realm. And uh, life just took me in a different direction. I ended up getting married and then my husband joined the Marine Corps. So we got stationed in basically middle of nowhere in North Carolina, um, where we are now. And so I just adapted and it, you know, it was right around the time I started becoming passionate and powerlifting and things like that. So, you know, everything works out as it should, I suppose. And it did. Oh, that is so cool. So yeah. then, so we're going to do a little fast forward. So you get into sport powerlifting, you start killing it. When did you like, cause I know that going into nationals of 2021, like you were gunning to win, like that was on your mind to push to win so when did you like really see like coach like I think if we push it like I can get first place at now I think yeah so I think that backs up to 2019 nationals um when Scanlon moved up to the 63s that year I believe and then so it was kind of left with me and Chrissy Parachi um left over there And so that was like the year I was like, and and, you know, it's not that I thought previously I couldn't win. It was like, you know, we still need a couple more years, uh, maybe two more years stacked in here. Right. Cause I'm still wicked new to the sport. Um, Prior to 2018, I had never done a powerlifting thing ever. I didn't even really know what it was. So, you know, 2019 came and I was like, you know, we have a chance this year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, ended all, I didn't execute well. It wasn't my year. And Chrissy had a really, really great day. Um, so then 2020 happens, I guess that moved into the 2020 Arnold. And I think at that point I was like, man, if I can't get a good high level meet underneath me, I need to just throw in the towel here. Cause I am not doing well with this power lifting thing, right? The lifting thing I'm doing well with the competing thing. I'm not, um, but we went to the pro American and then we won that, which was a huge surprise. Did not expect that at all. I just wanted to have a day where I went, you know, better than eight for nine, uh, eight for nine or better. And just felt like I had a good day and had control over the environment. So after that, we were like, okay, we have a chance to win raw nationals, but then 2020 happened. So, uh, you know, just train that whole year. I'm very fortunate and I have a home gym space, et cetera, et cetera. So I just trained that whole year. That didn't bother me at all because I like training by myself and I trained before powerlifting. I'll turn after powerlifting. Not having something on the books didn't bother me. So we put together just many wicked good training cycles over that year. And that set me up in 2020, 2021. Like, yeah, we can definitely win this thing if we can put together any sort of day. So, yeah. And then you were dealing with an injury, right? Going into 2021 Nationals. 
Right. So two to three weeks out, I, I took a hip injury to my left hip and, you know, in hindsight, um, it's one of those things that happens when you get to peaking, right? Things don't always feel great, right? But it was an acute moment where I was like, oh, shoot, this is not good. And then from then on, I have many of videos of me failing to pull anything above 185. Um, and I was like, man, it's over. Like, if I can't pull more than 185, this is, we're done. Um, so I did all the PT I possibly could and just get, tried to get the pain under control. I had a really hard time at that point, even like, you know, opening my legs enough to squat just to be able to get into positions. Everything got really, really tight as a reaction to that kind of acute moment of, of pain. And so I did all the things I could to get that under control. And up until about a week out, I was back and forth on whether or not I was going to even make the trip because I was like, you know, if I can't lift to the ability I want to lift, um, and I, and I didn't even really know what was going on with the hip. I'm like, is this worth it? But I got to about a week out and, you know, we just scratched the idea of pulling any heavy deadlifts until day of, obviously. And, uh, you know, I was like, I text Carly, you know, I woke up one day and, you know, I was feeling decent enough. It didn't hurt to walk anymore. You know, I was like, you know what, we'll try this. And so I went in with the frame of mind of, I'm just going to trust all of the training I did before and all of the work I had done before. And I'm going to put my trust in that, that that is still there somewhere. And then we'll just see what happens. Like I knew when I started warming up for deadlifts, um, I just had to let things happen rather than trying to control how I felt or even worry about how I felt in that moment. So anyway, uh, backing up a little bit, when we got to squats, um, you know, I famously almost dumped the bar on my first squat. And uh, if you watch the video with a little context, you can see my lower back almost gives out on me. And like my kind of pelvis thrust forward and my upper back goes backwards and my lower back kind of gave out on me. And so I walk off the platform really, really shook, obviously. And I was like, I do not know what happened. I don't even know if I'm injured. Carly's like, are you hurt? I was like, I don't know. I'm like patting my shoulders. Like, did I tear anything? No, no, they feel fine, you know? And uh, so we ended up getting one squat on the board. And um, then we made it through bench and we made it to deadlifts and warming up for deadlifts. Everything else actually felt as good as it had felt in a couple of weeks. So I was like, okay, you know, and he kept putting weight in the next warm up weight. And then I would just look and nod my head and he'd be like, mm -hmm. and um, I'm like, yeah, I guess we're fine. You know, I guess we're, we're doing it. And then I fell over on my second deadlift. <laughs> I had quite the day. I really don't like thinking about it still. <laughs> but that was again losing my brace in my core from the original squat thing. And yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about any of that right now. I'm just thinking, you know, what do I have to do to win this thing? And then Scanlon came out, made her third deadlift. Carly's like, I need to go up on your attempt. I said, cool, yeah, whatever. Just put whatever we need on the bar. I don't really care. Let's just do this thing. And so I knew in my head, the bar had to be 190 or above, just from a little basic math from semi paying attention to what was going on. Uh -huh. And I had not been able to hit 190 in a week. So I was like, well, just go out there, do the thing. And if it moves, it moves. If it doesn't, you just walk off, right? There's nothing you can do about it. And yeah. it moved. Thank thankfully, you know, it moved and I ended up being able to lock that out and stay on my feet, which was, you know, killer. So yeah, that's that. And like, so it's funny because when you describe for the first squat, I'm like, it sounds like it was so easy that like you flew up. It was like wild. <laughs> it was wild. Like I felt something give out in my core and it's nothing I've ever felt before in my entire life. It was really terrifying. I left like shaking, left to the back room like, oh my gosh, am I even here? It was weird. <laughs> Never has that happened. I'm like, don't you love it when stuff happens on game day? You're like, great. Didn't change for this. Like just the most wild thing. Like I've never had any of these things happen. And that day I just couldn't, I couldn't keep it together. I think Sam Calhoun has been said three times. Y'all were a mess that day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Sam, the brutal honesty. But hey, you pulled it out. You pulled it yeah. out. Yeah. Somehow we won. Yeah. Yeah. And also you weren't the only one that was kind of a mess. And Mrs. Mrs. Hempson almost flew back. So <laughs> so brutal so brutal oh my god 
All right. So, and I think I saw you too. Like, I don't know if I read a post or something. Like the night before you competed, wasn't your husband like helping you stretch and you were like not feeling great? No, that wasn't me. Uh, My husband didn't come with me on that trip. Sad, no. Yeah, husband had to miss that trip. He had uh, work obligations. So he missed the nationals thing. But yeah, no, so that wasn't me. Um, I, you know, I've tried to stay relatively calm the night before. It was as good as, oddly enough, as good as I've ever felt approaching a big meet because I really just made the choice, the mental choice to let everything I couldn't control go and just trust everything I've done to this point. I'm officially going to stop saying, wasn't it you who clearly my memory from, I mean, it's been a while, <laughs> not going to lie. It's been a while, it's a, but it's a lot of yeah. memory from Instagram. <laughs> not working. All, all good. Okay. So this is the part where I'm not going to lie. I haven't dying to ask about it because I didn't really know the whole situation. I know, girl, you know, I DM'd you asking if I could ask you. All but, good. Um, so you train your tail off, you get first place at nationals, right? And obviously we're expecting to go to IPF Worlds. And I will just say for the listeners, in case you don't know, um, IPF and USAPL had a little breakup. So it went from everyone was going to represent the USA, PL, USA team to, oh, they broke up, no one can. And then all of a sudden some people got in via USVI, but not everyone did. And unfortunately you did not, but like what happened? Like what? Um, I don't know that I have a full picture of what happened, um, but I do know we found out, we being the world's team, uh, national team, found out that we were not going to worlds via that same Instagram post everybody else found out about. So that was like a, it was the whole thing was a bit of a, know kind of kicking the teeth the entire time because you're trying to plan international travel on one through COVID which you know that's manageable because I can look on government websites and I can figure that out right that's manageable and doable but two uh, through this potential looming breakup which nobody could get a firm answer on and nobody was from my perspective Um, nobody was being very upfront about. So it's not like the USAPL office was like, this could be happening. It was kind of like, go at your own risk type deal. Start going at your own risk. You could get there and not be able to lift, which, you know, that might've been the information they had. I wouldn't know anyway. So we're trying to plan through that, which is its own stressor. And then we find out a one, it was about one month out, maybe five weeks out. It wasn't far at all. Um, You're not going the IPF has officially suspended the USIPL. So I was like, well, dang, guess we're not going. So then there was that period of like sadness and, you know, disappointment, of course, because um, to be frank, the, the goal of winning nationals was to be able to go to worlds. That was the point, right? <laughs> you know? And so that was, you know, you work three years to, to with that sole goal in mind. And then, you know, that's gone for the year. And so that happened. And then maybe a week or two, I don't remember the timeline, passed. And one of the other team members reached out to me and was like, hey, FYI, some of the other lifters have gotten in via USVI, but the date to switch teams ended yesterday. And okay. Yeah. So I had no idea that was possible right? This is my first time going to Worlds. Um, I, I would not call myself like an insider in the powerlifting world, right? Like I don't have maybe like a huge name coach that's always going to Worlds, um, the, the huge Instagram platform, things like that. So I had no idea about any of this until afterwards when I was told, hey, people are doing this, but it's too late for you to do this. So that was like another kind of got drugged through the mud situation. Another kick in the teeth of this whole thing was like, man, not only did this opportunity disappear uh, with nothing I can control, but it just kind of disappeared a second time. So, yeah. And like, look, now that time has passed, did you get any info about, like, the selection process of the people who were reached out to? I did not. 
I, I didn't ask it. I did not pursue that. So I do have to be honest there. I did not pursue it. Um, I very much, you know, I, I just had to let it go, right? At some point, you could not continue to hold on to what kind of could have been or, or things like that. So it just, I had to kind of move on from the situation. And so I don't know exactly what the selection process was. I don't know if maybe they already had a 57 on their team. So that's why there was none, you know, because you, I would never want to take the spot of somebody else that rightfully earned it. Like that is not helping anything either. Right. And that's been my, I guess my whole issue with going to the USVI anyway, because we had talked about doing it maybe in 2022 as a path to worlds before powerlifting America uh, appeared. But, you know, I kept going back to that doesn't seem fair to the people that actually live in the Virgin Islands, right? Like, it's not fair for me to go there and win their nationals and take somebody else's spot. Like, I couldn't wrap my head around doing that. So anyway, I don't know if that was the reason or, you know, they only had a select number of spots and you just have to make choices, right? Which is fair. You can't give everything to everyone. Everyone can't win in this situation. So it could have been that too. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. That is wild though. Like, I know that had to be absolutely gut-wrenching. Like, how did you even keep training after that? It was, you know, I, I think I fall back to training anyway in life. It's just something I do, right? Like four to five days a week, I will lift something. It's something I've done for 12 years and I will do for another 12 years. So I didn't find training actually that hard to continue. And also training was different. We moved to more hypertrophy. It was very not powerlifting specific for a while just to get my my body back because we went through quite a few hard preps in that time period. So I didn't have a problem with training. I, I definitely had a problem with, maybe not a problem, but I had trouble thinking about how I was going to power lift again and where and why, right? Because it felt like a lot of it got very not fun during the USAPL drama for me because it was very stressful. Like, okay, finally won nationals and it was, it was hard and, you know, I was hurt and I'm still hurt, but I'm training for worlds, but I don't know if I'm going to worlds. And so it got more stressful than it was fun for a period of time there. And then after the kind of, couple kicks in the teeth over the world thing it was like well dang the things I thought I wanted are not fun right now and they're not fulfilling me right now they're they're making my life kind of miserable so I stepped away even from the idea of being hyper competitive for a time period and I just stepped back into what I know fulfills me and that is training for myself so and that makes sense because like you have been lifting for basically not your whole life that you were doing radio before, but you've been lifting for a it, very long time. So for it seems like forever. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the kind yeah, of life. <laughs> I know it's wild. It's wild how long it's been. I know. So another thing you mentioned just now too, was like you had a lot of hard preps. And I remember talking to you about like, or even seeing you post about how you had to stay very lean to maintain like a 57 kilo body weight or stay near it. So like, yeah. how did that have a toll on your body? Like staying sure. in that weight class? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when you start lifting, you're smaller, right? So when I started powerlifting 57, um, I've always cut to 57, but it used to be a pretty easy water cut to 57. I might walk around it 58 and a half or 59. So wicked easy, no big deal. Um, as time passed, I've gotten more muscular. Um, obviously, hopefully. And so the cut progressively got harder and harder. And up until this last year, you know, I walked around if I was far into the off season at probably 62. And then I would cut from 62 to 60. And then I would water cut to 57. No big deal. But heading into nationals, I think I competed in January prior to nationals. And so from January until, well, I guess pre-January, all the time I was lean pre-January, so probably October until June, I made the decision to stay under or around 60 kilos, which for me is challenging. Um, I'm pretty lean at that body weight, and um, it's just not a place my body likes to sit. Like, I have to be very honest with myself there. And so I ended up getting a lot of the side effects that you get when you're overly lean as a 
female or you can get right some people maintain much better and do a great job with it um but for me i ended up losing my period for over eight months um with that came a lot of really really low energy high fatigue um irritability and all those kind of things you get when you combine really high training with really low food atmospheres right and i i knew what was happening in my head and i you know i had made the decision that that is what i was going to do but uh eventually you have to pay the piper for that right so eventually you have to accept that we can't be that lean anymore for a minute here and we have to like restore our normal body functions and energy so as soon as the world's things happened made the decision like okay we're going back to eating we are purposely putting more body fat on which is so hard to explain to people right like i gained i don't know maybe 10 pounds or so post nationals until i felt like a, a decent human again and if you say that to somebody they're like well yeah 10 pounds of muscle right and i'm like no, no. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. And they're like, but like, you're okay with that? And I was like, I'm, you know, you have to explain like, yes, I'm okay with being a healthy functioning woman for the time being. And of course, I'd be, I would be such a liar if I said going from having um, a six pack with veins running through it to barely seeing my abs is like the easiest mental adjustment I've ever done in my entire life. Um, it's not, but I've also done it before. So I was prepared for it. There's still some days, you know, you get dressed and you're like, dang, my clothes fit weird. I can't wear this today. This is, this is lean Britney clothes, not uh, heavier Britney clothes, right? So uh, just there's days that that still happens, right? But for the most uh, part, feeling as good as I feel outweighs that 10 to one, at least. And I agree when you say like people don't, or it's hard for people to wrap their head around. Obviously, if you're talking to like me, like I'm going to get it, right? But like when yeah. you're talking to people who are not really athletes, they're like, wait, you want to put like weight on? And like, even for me, like I'm going up a weight class and like I accept that. I was like, okay, if we go up a weight class, we're going to fill that weight class. Like we ain't going to sit here and be like lean Solana in this weight class. And like, I agree with you. It's like, it's been fascinating to me that I can eat this amount of food and feel really good <laughs> I've never eaten this much before at the same time I had to put a post on the IG there they like hey what pants y'all recommend because Brittany when I tell you my clothes don't fit <laughs> you gotta have lean fit <laughs> you need lean salada clothes and less lean salada clothes no Lean, like the lean salon clothes ripped like they're just gone oh, they're in, I put them both. in the garbage like, I'm never gonna fit them again I let it go it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> but it's definitely like a really it's like an interesting thing to wrap your mind around but like definitely you going through all the symptoms you have must have been really challenging overall like especially like did it really leak into fatigue working I know you're a full-time coach Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a full-time coach and I, I do a lot of things. I don't know. I'm a workaholic. I, uh, I'm an adjunct at the college and, you know, some other things. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, if you make it to an end of a powerlifting prep, you probably experience some brain fog anyway. I mean, most people do end up getting a little bit of brain fog. And when you combine that with a lower calorie situation and just like a super lean um, body weight, yeah, for sure. You get some brain fog. Um, you need to sleep a lot more. Um, but it was a sacrifice at that point in my life I had chosen to do, right? So things I didn't do were, you know, go out with friends. My husband and I didn't go out to eat, you know, he's super supportive and all of that. And just understanding that um, I'm not going out and paying for $20 salads all the time. That's one of yeah. my, my sayings. I'm not going to buy $20 salads, terrible salads too at that. So we, you know, there little sacrifices like that and making sure you're in bed by nine o'clock, you know, cause I'm getting up pretty early and making sure I'm getting eight to nine hours of sleep and managing energy through that. And so at, at that point in my life, I said, this is what we're doing for the year, you know, and this is what I want to do. Um, I can't do that forever though. I have other life goals that need to come in and that's how I ended up finally making the decision to compete with the USAPL. Well, that's one of the reasons I decided to compete with the USAPL this year is I get to be 60 kilos and that is a much easier thing to, to do for me and um, competitions are closer, things like that. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you this a bit later, but I'm going to ask you now. Okay, so you obviously decided to do USAPL because you're two weeks off from the Arnolds. And yes. I was like, not going to lie, I was in shock because I assumed you would want to go the Powerlifting America route. And you're saying yeah. the main, one of the main reasons was the 60 kilo class. Could be obviously, for people who don't know, we changed the weight classes back to the old weight classes. So we have a lot more options. And there was no 60, there was 63 and 57. Yes. So there was a few things that went into that decision and it was really, really hard to make. And it's still really hard though. I do feel like I made the right decision. Um, part of it was the thought of cutting back down to 57 while I'm still trying to heal some of that back stuff that happened. Squat one of nationals. I wouldn't say still trying to heal it, but you know, I'm at the end of getting better from that, right. To being pain-free from that. So, you know, when you cut, weight, that's a lot of stress in your body again. So the thought of doing that again this year um, just didn't feel intelligent. And then the other reasons were um, one, South Africa is really far away. <laughs> and um, that would have been great last year. But this year, a lot of things in my personal life has changed. Um, my husband's switching careers, things like that. So it doesn't make sense for me to be gone and away for two weeks to, to compete in Worlds. Unfortunately, I just don't have, I don't think I have the sacrifice this year in my personal life to be able to do that. And then reason number three is I have been talking with the state chair of North Carolina USAPL about hosting a meet where I am now because we have the facility um, to be able to host it. And there's none within three hours of where I live. So we've been talking about that and it finally came through and, you know, got the sanction and things like that. So I have a lot of lifters that will be competing in that. And a lot of them are first time and they would never get the opportunity to, they could have the opportunity to compete, but they're not somebody that's going to travel to compete and things like that. Right. So, um, it's pretty important to me to get this off the ground here and with the very strong, rules against associating with other federations from the IPF. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to do this and I never got an answer yes or no. So I just had to make the choice to kind of put this as more of a priority for the year. So. Wow. I'm so glad you like cleared that up because honestly, I was like, there's gotta be some really good reasons why. And that's a great one. Cause you said you're in East Bumba, North Carolina. And <laughs> North Carolina. We are where you come to vacation. I am a vacation at town. Okay. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. I'm like two minutes from the ocean. I live in the greatest place on earth, in my opinion, right now. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. And it's yeah. so cool that you're bringing powerlifting to that area. Because you just said, like, you have a lot of lifters who would probably never really do a meet. Or if they did, they would have to travel, like, four or five hours. And, like, my first meet was 10 minutes away from my house. So I don't know about y'all. I may have never gotten here if I had to travel four hours for a meet. I think that's right. And I have some, you know, kind of older lifters and stuff like that. And this is something they want to do, you know, for themselves and to try it out. And, you know, they've been lifting for a while and they probably wouldn't drive three hours to rally to go compete. Right. Or, you know, the next would be South Carolina at six hours away. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important to get what powerlifting is out there. Right. Cause a lot of people in this area don't really know. So, it's, it's very important to me to be able to be able to do that. And you said you have a lot of lifters who are going to be in it. So you mean your own clients? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Nice. So are you yeah. predominantly a powerlifting coach or do you also train a lot of gen pop people? All of the above. I would say predominantly powerlifting. I also work with athletes. Um, we have, I work for like a strength and facility strength and conditioning facility. Let's split those words up um, <laughs> in town too. So I work with a lot of athletes and like adult athletes and things like that. So I do a variety of things, which is, I kind of like that because I have some ADHD. So I need to do a variety of things with my little brain. That's cool. And do you also do online coaching too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have um, online primarily online powerlifting clients and then a few gen pops that I've drug around with me for a while. And then some nutrition clients too. I do a lot of nutrition coaching too. So you are a woman of many hats. I really, yeah, I have a problem, <laughs> but I love it. It's not a problem. It's good. Yes. I mean, Hey, as long as you love what you do, that's what really yeah. matters, but that is so cool that you're bringing powerlifting over there. So for this first USAPL meet, like how many people 
like what's the word what's the cap for like lifters and is it already it's filled a, up and like when is it and it's a single platform it's not filled up it's about halfway full right now it's in april and we just got the sanction so um yeah it's an april 40 person single platform meets yeah i think those are the details yes y'all if you are in vacation town North, where is it <laughs> i'm in morehead city north carolina it's like three yep. hours from raleigh two and a half hours from fayetteville two hours from wilmington those are the markers what she said if you're there <laughs> <laughs> come lift it my meat it's gonna be wicked fun it's in a brand new facility it's gonna be really nice oh that is so cool it's the facility that you work at yes yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so we so just convenient Yes, yeah, we just opened a second facility, so it will be there. Okay, so uh, Arnold's is in two weeks, Brittany. Is it, though? Literally, it? well, let's see, today is Friday. Yeah, quite literally starts in 14 days. <laughs> You'll be competing in 15 days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making you accept it. <laughs> but how has training been coming along recently? Um, training's been a little bit rough. I'll be very, very honest. When I came out of nationals, I did not come out feeling excellent for the aforementioned reasons. And so a lot of it has just been working around some like nagging back pain. That's honestly just from more from farm work and rodeo than it is from lifting. You know, I have some like old herniated discs and stuff that actually have been really great through powerlifting. But I think that, you know, looking back when I had kind of that core failures on those lifts that you know I I definitely had some lumbar strain there and for weeks like I couldn't arch in a bench press post nationals that type thing so we are far past that thankfully but um you know when you go through a lot of training cycles where you feel invincible and you can lift anything and then you hit a lot of training cycles that you are not invincible and things are harder than they used to be. Uh, that is mentally challenging, right? In its own way. But I will say when I made the commitment to do the Arnold like four weeks ago, you know, I talked to Carly and I was like, look, I'm not going out to set any PRs or to make any statements this time. I'm going out to remember that I actually do like competitive powerlifting because after last year, it's very hard to remember that right now. So I just hope to go, um, obviously put together a decent meet. I don't expect anything crazy to happen, um, but I want to go out there and have fun, I guess, which sounds kind of cliche, but this year is the year of having fun for me after last year's minimal fun year. So Yeah. Well, that's yeah. an excellent reason, right? Like at the end of the day, we may, we have to love the sport. Like we got yeah. guys, I don't know if y'all think we are like getting paid a bunch of money to do the sport, but we're not. No. I wouldn't have so, 10 jobs if we were. So. I was about to say, ain't no one out here like chilling and going off from their property money over here. At least there's some people. No, not us. Not us. Yeah, there's a handful in the world, but yeah, no, definitely not. And I think, you know, you hear you should be having fun all the time. And I don't necessarily think that's true, right? Nothing is fun all of the time. Any sport you've ever played, um, there's a lot of work that sometimes is not fun and you would not preferably do. And there's nothing wrong with pushing through periods of not fun. But I think overall, you should like what you're doing, right? Or at some point, you have to step away from it. So I still feel that I like what I'm doing and I'm pretty passionate about it. And I'd like to keep doing it at a reasonably high level. So I think this year for me is going to be just focusing a little bit more on that. And yeah. And the Arnold's a fun place to do it, right? Is it your first one? <laughs> the, uh, well, you know, technically I went to 2020 Arnold, but it was a fake Arnold. So yeah, it totally was. Kind of. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, dude, you're going to love it. Like <laughs> I got to go 2019, which was the time of my freaking life. And then I went to fake Arnold's in 2020. And so I'm yeah. super stoked to go to real Arnold's again, because I think it'll be so huge because obviously there was no Arnold's last year. So I feel like it's going to be like twice the amount of people and just everyone's going to be full force, just like trying to have the time of their life. It's going to be wild. And then I'm competing in the Grand Prix, which I think is like the main stage. So that's going to be super fun. I, anybody who's ever seen me lift knows I love to really hype things up. I'm a very hyped lifter. Um, so that's my vibe right there. So I'm excited about that. 
Nice. Were you ever a calm lifter? Like I always wonder, I'm starting to try, I'm attempting to become more hype, but I'm like normally the person just sitting there quietly, like until it's time for me to go. <laughs> you know what I think it is, is I've trained by myself this entire time I've been powerlifting because I don't have access to like a powerlifting gym with fellow powerlifters and so to stay, right? So I've trained by myself and, you know, you need to bring a certain amount of I need to bring a certain amount of energy to something like a deadlift single for it to move the way I would want it to move. So I started working on just like self-hyper, you know, controlling my adrenaline to get it to spike at the, at the right times. So I think that's how it all started for me. And it's kind of built from there. It, you know, when I first started, I wouldn't say I was like an overly hyped lifter, but as I've gotten more comfortable and found what works for me, I've definitely started channeling that energy or trying to channel that energy at the right points. That is, dude, that's really cool. Like how, I mean, it may seem like a common sense question maybe or, or answer, but like, how did you train yourself to become hyped? Like what, like, are you literally screaming in your basement? Do you start sniffing ammonia before you go for a lift? Like, how did you train yourself? Seriously. A twofold, you know, I like, you know, music for sure. You got to get the right song. I think that's obvious, you know, and I usually pick a few songs through a prep that like kind of get me going. And then, yeah, I totally scream before lifts uh, frequently. I don't know about scream, but I definitely yell um, maybe a jump of some sort, just something like that, just to get like, you know, you get the blood pumping a little bit, the heart rate speeds up and you're like, yeah, this is it. This is the feeling. So yeah, that's my method. I do it on the platform too. It's of no, no secret. <laughs> I cannot wait to see. <laughs> it was really funny. I forgot who was announcing the um, Nationals live stream last year anyway, but uh, after my third deadlift where I fell over, they're like, if she could just calm down a little bit, lock this out. And I'm like, man, I appreciate that's how it looks, but that's not really what happened. This is my, it's my vibe of not calming down at all. It won't move if I calm down. I guarantee that. <laughs> You're like, no, really? This is how I lift? It's just my back. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, my body's <laughs> quitting on me at the really long moment of time. But yeah, we get, we get. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude, I'm so excited to see you at the Grand Prix, which is like, again, the main stage. Like, I literally hope one day to be invited to the Grand Prix. So I'm so excited you're in it. Oh, I was really surprised. I was like, what? This is going to be crazy. So I'm excited about that. Why were you surprised? Girl, well, she's like modest. I said, I think I'm irrelevant at this point. I think you're not. <laughs> Your numbers don't disappear. It goes fast in this sport, though. Isn't it funny? Like, people will be talking all about you. And then as soon as U.S. left Worlds and, you know, I, there was no entry into Worlds, it was like, oh, well, she's not existent anymore, which is funny. Apologists uh, have, like, <laughs> short-term memory because everything comes from Instagram for us. So, like, if you right. didn't just post your win, like, yeah. then we forget. It's crazy. You're right. Everywhere yeah, part, like, it's always being talked about. Powerlifting is, like, if it's not on your story, like, once the 24-hour story ends, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always, you know, new and upcoming people and it's growing so much so rapidly that it's like, well, what have you done in the last 20 minutes? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> you well, are. Word. Word. But even yeah, headed into nationals, people were like counting Scanlon out because she hadn't competed in over a year because, you know, she was pregnant or doing other things. Right. And I was like, y'all, Spike Scanlon, like she thinks she can win the 57s. That's why she's cutting to 57. If she thinks she can win, she can win. Like, she's doing it for fun, you know? It's, you know, I heard so many people, you're right, like, um, whoever, like, like, Canada Lifts and whoever else did podcasts about it, like, no yeah. one talked about her. I talked about her, but she was, like, the second person that ever had my podcast, so I had, like, five listeners, and we did yeah. a whole interview, like, two weeks out from her competing, I was like, no one's talking about you, Megley, what the hell's going on? And she's like, Everyone was saying, like, <laughs> she'll take second or third, and I got, like, crazy respect for Meg Scanlon, right? Like, because I started lifting uh, right about the time she was winning 2018 Nationals, so it was, like, a, or started powerlifting. So I have crazy respect for Scanlon and have seen her a lot at various competitions and things like that. So I was like, I kept saying, I was like, I don't know why everyone's cutting her out, uh, counting her out right now. Like, it's not like, I think I, I didn't think I could win, but it's like, I know this is going to be a battle. Like, I didn't think I was going in there and just like, oh, Scanlon just had babies. So now she can't lift. Like, that's wild talk. I was watching her training. I'm like, oh no, she's back. Like, y'all are crazy. Open your eyes. 
That was she the thing. I'm like, she's posting it. Like, that's what it's pissed me off. Like, three ninety, and you're like, oh, she's out. I'm like, but but she just benched two sixty five, so she's not like out out. <laughs> I don't know, man. All I will say is the whole point of me making the powerlifting was to give more light to women. I'm like, no one's paying attention to what's actually happening until after it's happened. And I'm like, but y'all could have hyped it up before. But all right, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a little frustrating because obviously your interests lie. Um, with what you do, right? So it makes sense. You'd be, if you're a man, you're more interested in men powerlifting, right? Because you're, you're in it and those are your competitors and your friends. But uh, sometimes you hear things and you're like, that's not even true. Like everything they just said, I know it's not true because I've asked, <laughs> you know? And it's like, but I mean, I totally get it because I know more about women's powerlifting than I do men's. So it's fair. Word. Yeah. And I even, like, when I was on our podcast, I was like, I semi get it because, like, you know, you can't be all up in girls' DMs. You don't want me always on their page. I get it. All right. I listened to that podcast. I thought it was funny because I've been married, I don't know, six years now. My husband and I are both pretty chill people. And so I'm like, it's not like that. You can do whatever. Like, you can, I don't know. I would never think anything weird about it, right? You're talking about sport. I would never think a weird thing. Uh, I know Dan, my husband, would never think a weird thing about it. He'd be like, oh, talk about powerlifting again. Cool. You know, he thinks it's cool. He's like, yeah, I know that guy. He deadlifts 800 pounds. That's really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't quite see it that way, but I know um, people are different, and you definitely have to respect that. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Brittany. Like, I do sometimes shy away from getting more info by going to a guy's DM kind of like, yo, if I hit him up too many times, they're going to think I'm like thirsty out here. Like I'm really trying, I'm just, I'm thirsty for the info. I I don't even think, I was so bad. I don't even think about stuff like that. I don't know. I guess because it doesn't even cross my mind that that's a possibility. I'm like, nope, just want to know about your squats. Like, yo, Jamar, why are you squatting uh, 800 pounds over here? Like, that's crazy. (laughs) Things like that, you know? (laughs) I don't know. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. All right, girl. Thank you so much for coming on. I loved talking to you. Yes. Thank you for having me and remembering I exist. I never forgot. Such an honor. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and guys, I will catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, then your friends will too. Please share it with a friend. Please go ahead and give us five stars and leave us a review. It's going to help us get this podcast out to even more people. And guys, if you are interested in coaching to hit the platform, Solana Lewis Training is taking on new clients. Just go ahead and use the link in the show notes that says Solana Lewis Training to apply. And we'll catch you next time.